He's just pulled he's pulled up his shirt and it's a full portrait of Sir Galahad on his left oh, peck. No, it's a bold don't. choice. You know what I might get? I might get his tattoo. Sorry, his tattoo. His stash tattooed on my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. Hello, future employers. <laughs> that, would, that would be nah, no face tats whatsoever. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by James Wood. Howdy. Mr. Adam Ryan. Hello. And Nathan Hennessy. So good to be here. Great to see you for another week. That always sounds sarcastic. I love it. How are we all? It seems ghost to say I'm tired, but, but we're tired, aren't we? Yeah. Just a little bit. It's great, though. I feel like that must alienate a few of our listeners because I don't have children. So, you know, I find that people that have children fucking hate it when you say you're tired. They seethe. Just you wait. (laughs) It was their fault, though, wasn't it? Fuck them. He just went went straight out and said it. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well, here we are for a second week. Back of uh, 2023. Lots to talk about, is there? A little bit to talk about. Some exciting stuff. Some stuff, yeah. Some exciting stuff. But uh, how was uh, how was your uh, your week, everybody? How Pretty was the, good. How was the week that's end. been? Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had worse weeks. All right. Fair. Yeah. I threw my hip out at work. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I've been two on sides. Old... Two sides yeah. of the same coin. That was. <laughs> Yeah, not bad. Duality of man. Uh, I mean, I was, I was good for a bit. I was like, I was on painkillers there for a few days. I was, I, I was, yeah, you right. know, I was dandy, but um, I'm back at it now. Fair enough. Adam, how was your, how was your week? Top notch, mate. Because I got the PC back up and running. I'm no longer the old girl working off the Surface Pro. Let's it go swiftly back where it came from. And yep, she's back up and running. Hard drive was cooked. Swapped it out. We're good to go. Oh, was that all? That's brilliant, man. Yeah. It was a, a nice cheap fix, which I was pretty pretty happy with. Didn't need to take it anywhere, just did it myself. Very so, pleased. So it was like your, your primary drive's gone cooked up? Yeah. Yeah. Did you replace it with like an SSD or an MPMA? I did indeed, yeah. and holy shit, it makes a difference. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah the days of uh, hard disk drives as our primary drives are long behind us now, sadly. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad I'm glad the uh, old girl's still kicking in. GTFO so. G- ready, baby. That's yeah, it. She's ready to go. Ready and rearing. The game of the website that we never play. Is that <laughs> can, can never find the fourth. All right. Well, shall we get straight into it? I guess. Let's do it, please. All right. Um, <laughs> Has anyone, has anyone played anything since uh, we last spoke that's not content? I'll kick us off. Uh, I have been checking out Persona 3 Portable on the Switch. Well, rather, okay, I played the first hour on Xbox Game Pass and decided I liked it enough that I wanted to play it in bed and just kind of relax and really sink into it. That's the way. Um, 
yeah, really solid little game. Um, still very early hours on in that thing, but the the vibes are just immaculate. Um, I have only ever dabbled in Persona 5. I'm not a huge Persona person. So this is a, a pretty big education for me. And I know that gold or four gold was kind of like the, the benchmark for a lot of people, but three... I don't know, there was something about its kind of like strange, quirky blue vibes that I, I really wanted to check out. And I'm glad I did. It's a it's a great little game so far. How do you find the uh, edgy teenagers shooting themselves in the head? Um, look, not not to... The game doesn't really acknowledge it either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But like, I, I like it. <laughs> like I, I can I can get on board with it. I think it's a stylistic choice that I think is, like you say, it's very edgy. It's very... Uh, it knows what it's trying to do. I think it's quite quaint this amount of years later. I don't know how quaint. old this game is at this point. but Emo's um, quaint. Yeah. Hey. Well, just a, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Um, but no, look, I think as a narrative device, it's semi-interesting. I'm not sure if the actual uh, writing itself is going to do anything with it, but I, I do like the, the no, Nathan's shaking his head. <laughs> well, look, it still looks cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the picture for the listeners is teenagers shooting themselves in the head to summon their abilities. James says, yes, that looks cool. Now, look, I know how that sounds, <laughs> but mm. I would just like to establish it's very stylized. It's very anime. It, it look, is what it is. I've said my piece. I love it. All right. Um, has anybody played anything else? Just Maybe. a little. Yeah, a little bit for me, uh, but but only just prior to the, tonight's podcast, actually, is uh, just dabbling in a bit more of The Last of Us Part 1. So it's obviously The Last of Us is going to be the talk of the town for the next few weeks, so I thought I'd dive back in, uh, because where I left off was with Bill, you know, Bill going through the graveyard and looking for the car battery, etc. So as I might have mentioned previously, I'm, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. It I feel a little hardest, guilty. hardest? Uh, super hardest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- minus the Grounded. permadeath. I think there's a permadeath option, so I don't have that. Yeah. I'm not. I don't hate myself that much. How but is it? It's, it becomes a very tactical uh, survival horror game, and very satisfyingly so. And, and the game maintains a pretty dyma- dynamic balance throughout. In terms of if you've run out of ammo, it's just gonna give you a little bit here and there. Like it's very generous in that way, but never too much. No, it's it's an absolutely delicious time. I feel a little bit guilty in saying it looks and plays phenomenal and i still don't get the criticism that i read from some reviews when the part one came out that its gameplay is dated like i don't get that and i don't necessarily agree with that criticism i still think it plays phenomenally well um yeah I, did you find it dated at all like in terms of its gameplay structure i don't think it i don't think it was as good as part two no well of course yeah yeah i can i so, can back that i think in that regard yeah, because obviously that like because that game's still quite old. What five years? No, five years. It wasn't five years. No, no way. It would be five came years. out Surely during not. the pandemic, didn't it? No, it was before. I that. think it was Holy before. Shit. I think it's this three is, or four years. I think it's twenty nineteen. I reckon. Yeah. Okay. But okay. late, late twenty nine or mid late to mid. But for a twenty thirteen game, I would say that it still holds its own against most survival horror games to come out today. No, like in terms of June, June, June twenty twenty. Sorry. Um, so that is the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found the original back in the day on the PS3 a little bit. I don't even like the combat of Uncharted and stuff like that. And I found it no, neither. clunky, um, like the combat a little bit, just a little bit. Um, and I feel like they, they went on about how they were like, you know, rebuilding it from the ground up kind of thing. 
but they still couldn't bring in the systems and whatnot from part two, which I, but I think it's, I think it plays very well. I think part one plays much better than, part, so, uh, than the original did. Yeah. If I could quickly illustrate your point before we move on, um, something that I notice is you'll line up a headshot with a handgun. You'll think you've got it dead to right. You'll take that shot. It will miss. You'll lined up again, think it's dead to rights, you'll miss. And I sit there thinking, is the game playing tricks on me or is it just fucking around? Like, that's all, that's my only semi-grievance. I'm not even that torn up about it. Is that is that what you mean by clunky or? No, no, just, just, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it without examples, but just. No, fair enough. Just not smooth. I don't know, like it's, it's not. Uh, yeah. If I could hazard a guess Please. at sort of what you're trying to get at here, like the Uncharted games, what I always found with them is that despite being like, you know, action games, I found that their shooting was not molasses-like, but I do feel like I'm dragging the cursor through a situation um, and it's not a particularly, like you said, it's not a smooth no. shot. I, I don't feel like it is anyway. And then with un, uh, with The Last of Us, I'm 90% sure the intention with the mechanics of the first game was to make it so that you did feel like you were struggling to land shots. And so yep. I think they've deliberately fucked with some of its input. Because um, that's what it feels feeling. like to me. Yeah, it definitely feels yeah. like they're taking the piss a little bit. And that's why I'm not too fussed about it because then I'll that third shot won't be quite lined up, but it will be a headshot. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. you guys are, you guys are teasing like me. And you've achieved a, a successful moment. But, and, but it's, yeah. where, it's worn thin because I don't feel that way so much now. I feel like the game's just giving me a free mm. pass after taking a couple. Right, okay. <laughs> Interesting. That's fair. Did you enjoy the shooting in part two? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I definitely thought part two controlled like infinitely better from memory anyway. And that, that might just be like sort of roasted and glasses of two and my memories of one because of collapsing in themselves from there. Um, but I felt like two was a much more competent like stealth action game. Uh, just purely mechanically. Yeah. Speaking. I can't remember the second one being superior off the back of part one. So I think part one's very strong by itself, but I'll play part two mm. after this. Um, maybe nice. that's, it's going to require a lot of energy. That's a, yeah, that's a big, sad game. Yeah. My word. Sorry. So that, that's a big way to start off, but, um, the last of us, good shit. Yeah. Uh, Adam, how about you? What have you been playing? I, I have to acknowledge Nathan a little bit this week because I, I think I tried for maybe the third or fourth time to, to jump into a bit of battlefield 2042 um, the last couple of attempts have not been great, whether I couldn't find a, a game or it was just a, a little bit shaky, but Nathan, I'll give it to you this time, mate. I've jumped in, I've consistently found full lobbies and all of the tweaks and changes that they've made to make it more of an actual battlefield game. Mate, I've been having an absolute bottler of a time. I'm, we got there. Yeah, didn't we? <laughs> it's it's Battlefield again. Yep. Like it's actually a battlefield game and not like a, a weird mishmash of concepts that don't quite mesh together. It's yeah, I'm having an absolute blast. I've been, I managed to convince a mate to download it, which is a fucking minor miracle because <laughs> I've, I've tried a few times with a few different people been like, Hey, do you want to give 2042 a go? And they just don't respond. But I, <laughs> I wrangled someone in, uh, we've been squatting up and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a banger. Yeah, I've been talking the boys at work into it as well uh, because it's real tight at the moment. I hate they've done it to us again, but Dice have done it again. You know, it took them a year, a year yeah. and change, and they finally got there. 
And uh, what we've got classes coming in a in a couple of weeks or something. So yeah, like they've already uh, the, got them pretty close to what they like should have been to begin with. But yeah, they're refining it even more in the coming weeks. So I'm uh yeah, I think I'm right back on the on the bandwagon. I think tw- that's 2023. My, yep, it's the uh, it's the year that 2042 comes back or <laughs> makes some sort of emergence at all. I'm delighted, man. I, I um I'm salivating to get right back on there myself. Such a good I, horse. I actually, as as we're speaking, the mate that I was talking about just said, "Finish the, uh, get the podcast done with," and he's just sent me a screenshot of the battlefield lobby. So clearly, that's what <laughs> I'll be doing post potty as well. So, yep, that's been me. Adam likes a good time. Nice. So, what did I miss? Very, very quickly. Sorry, my other headset just fucking shit his pants. Just talking about Last of Us shooting mechanics and some battlefront front field. Battle, Battle? Battlefield good. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, right. Adam's back on the wagon, eh? Mm-hmm, right back mm-hmm. on there, mate. I knew I would be eventually. It just took Nathan a little bit <laughs> a little bit longer than maybe he thought it would to, to get me back on there. But he's done it. He's a good lad. He's persisted. There you go, listeners. Very solid. Follow suit. Um, I think he stays gone. <laughs> roll, roll those credits. Hooray. <laughs> Jesus. I know. Oh, and tell I think- us. What does it say? Like a hundred and something hours on my hundred and two hours or whatever on my PlayStation PS Five. He has provided screenshot evidence. This is accurate. To be fair, though, like I do often leave the the game on in in the background, but not for fifty hours. Mm. You right? <laughs> no, not fifty hours, but it'd probably be a good, I can twenty or thirty. Fuck. Save man. on your power bill, mate. How about you? Yeah, that's all I can think about. Off? This is this is like. Over the time I've played this game, right? How the other so this half like, live? What, three, three, three years. You ever heard of sleep mode? No, I don't, I don't do that. I, I bet you got nasty ass screen burn in too, don't you? No, the TV's turned just off. Sam Witwer's face is su- just constantly. You need to switch. Now. He needs to switch on that like HDMI power control setting. Yeah. So when you turn off your TV, it puts your PlayStation sleep mode. I don't, I'm not about sleep mode, bro. No, I'm about using as much power as I possibly can. <laughs> okay. Okay, how? So when did that game come out? Let's fucking do the math here. Days gone release. You're not going to save yourself from this, mate. Just use fucking sleep Two, mode. That's what it's there 2019. for. 2019. Is there a website that, that says how many days since? That's got to be a website, surely. How many days since? How many days that have gone? Date duration. Here we go. Perfect. I see what I've you did there, the Very good. Very good. <laughs> Fuck up. 2019 and we'll say what like a week ago 17th this is the quality content that people tune in this for is what the <laughs> how long has it been since days gone came out calculate duration <laughs> so it's been 1369 days gone let's put that in, let's put that in the calculator right eh? let's work out what are you let's, trying to figure out <laughs> what number are you after i mean he did hours, save maybe. himself let me just do the calculations. Yep, I really should be using sleep mode. Look at that. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. <laughs> no, math is my strong point. I can't figure that out. Mate, that's <laughs> why we do words. <laughs> Looks like if I've done the math correctly, which I probably haven't, it's um, 0.02 hours a day. <laughs> I don't know. How did you arrive <laughs> at this number? Show us your work. 30 divided by... No, that doesn't make any sense. No, because oh did you, do you only did by days, didn't you? But Not it was by 24 hours. hours in a day. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Hours. Yeah, good one. 
Nah, fuck that. I'm way gone. Let's Did you on. enjoy the anyway. game in the end, Zach? <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. So it was worth all of this then. Yeah. Oh my God. Have you approached a palate cleanser afterwards if you didn't enjoy it? So I was going to play Pentiment. It's a good palate He's cleanser. going to. You're going to break Nathan's but, heart again. But I he played, likes to. Speaking of break, I played Broken Sword 2 again. I started Fuck that. Me. <laughs> Wait, weren't you already doing that? That was, was that the first the one, wasn't it? Right, no, I've finished, yeah. I finished gotcha. that one, yeah. Gotcha. How's it holding up? Yeah, it's good. Well, the first two are amazing. Mm. Um, I don't rate the third one. No, no. Not not by but 2023 I, standards. No, I think the third... No, it's the fourth one. Is it the fourth one? That I think is the real kind of bum tier kind of one. Yeah, I didn't stick with that for more than a couple of hours. But uh, while we're quickly on it, do you remember... <laughs> I hate that I'm saying this sentence. The boss fight at the end of Broken Sword 3. Is that the dragon? <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I remember playing it on the PS2, but... Mate, I don't even remember... Days gone. I oh, like it was the biggest what the fuck moment. <laughs> like we still, this is a this is a point and click game, right? Like, oh, what are we what are we doing here, guys? Mm. We're gonna fight a dragon. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've started Broken Sword two, um, only because I've gone down some Broken Sword fucking rabbit hole. Anyway, trying, trying to relive um, the glory days. But no, well no, it was it's because it was like it was super late. Like I've been writing all night, and I was fucking tired. And I was like, do I want to play Pentiment? It's like ten thirty. I gotta go to bed. Now, but I'll stay up for another hour. I knew that like my eyes were like hanging out of my head, so I figured I'd just play Broken Sword. Yeah, no, good choice. But something um something gaming related, but not gaming related. Mate, I can I finally cemented my place in the order folklore, mate, with my uh. With my tattoo, baby. Oh, they've seen a cease and desist. <laughs> can you, um, <laughs> for all the listeners that can see that, uh, it looks it looks great. Um, it's on his right forearm. He's just pulled. He's pulled up his shirt, and it's a full portrait of Sir Galahad on his left oh, peck. It's a bold don't. choice. You know what I might get? I might get his tattoo. Sorry, his tattoo. His stash tattooed on my face. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Hello, future employers. <laughs> that, would, that would be nah, no face tats whatsoever. Nothing above the neck. Uh, sorry, above the shoulders. Mm. Uh, no, yeah. I, I like a good neck tat. Not no. for me. Probably not for me not either. Me, but respect for those um, that can. But no, it was, uh, yeah, been sitting on it for a couple of years. So I thought, pull, pull the trigger. Found an artist that I quite like and she did an amazing job. It actually looks way better than what I expected. Not that I expected it to look shit, but like... Everywhere no, I kind of went it, before, it can I be got tricky it. translating like a symbol or a logo like that. And uh, yeah, no, she did a great job. Yeah, well, everywhere I kind of went beforehand, they were like, "No, nah, it's too small. You got to make it bigger." Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, "I don't want it bigger. Like, I just rather not get it." You know what I mean? Like, um, and I've seen one picture of another tattoo of the same thing online, and it's bigger. And I'm like, "Nah, too big, bro." Um, anyway, spoke to this to this this girl. She's like, "Yep, it can be this size," and I was like, "Okay, it'll be." But yeah, she's absolutely smashed it. Amazing so job. For, for those with ears, this is the Order Insignia. The Ouroboros. Ouroboros Insignia, yeah. Yeah. Not Sir Galahad's face, yeah. Not Sir Galahad's face. 
Autoborus, yeah. You should, yeah. I hate myself for that. You should. You should, James, and then we'll have a big podcast dedicated to it. Spoiler cast about the order oh. 1886, fucking don't, 20 years don't, later. Don't tempt me, mate. Getting two listens uh, where it's just you two listening back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, mate. <laughs> you haven't even played it, so you can't even fucking throw, throw darts in this fucking game, mate. I, I want to go back and find that podcast where James summarizes his thoughts as, I didn't enjoy it, but it's okay. <laughs> or something yeah. to that effect. I, I, he didn't say that. I, I, do, I do distinctly remember enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think the, it's an f- inversion of that where it's like, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure it's a good game. Oh, which is, I think, worse. But yes, continue. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. You had a, a good gray time. Area. You had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Don't, uh, Cinematic. Um, don't uh, follow the sheep, mate. <laughs> Come with me instead. <laughs> I'll show you the way. All right, let's move on to a game that you've been playing, James. For do you want to, mm. actually, do you want to quickly wrap up uh, Kinseed? Yeah, yeah. So, um, look, I talked about Kinseed a bit last year, I think, when it first dropped. Um, this is a game that has spent... Would have been about four years in early access. Uh, it's finally hit its 1.0 release late last year. Uh, this is from uh, Pixel Count Studios, based in the UK, formed by ex Lionhead developers, the people behind uh, the Fable series. Um, this is a pixel art uh, life sim, farming sim, fantasy adventure, um, which at first glance you would be forgiven for writing it off as just another one of those in the long line of Stardew Valley esque titles. Um, and that's definitely in there. there. There is some inspiration in there for sure. But what isn't immediately apparent looking at Kinseed or even based on its first few hours is just how much depth this game is hiding. Um, there is a lengthy tutorial that is a little numbing. I'm not going to lie. I, I struggled to get through it at times um, because it is a, it's dense, uh, very tutorial heavy, but it's paired those tutorials with quite a monotonous tone of tasks let's say so you know go and collect honey for the old man down the road or you know take some cookies to mrs cookie weather or whatever um and so amid all of that the game is trying to teach you a lot um and then on top of that it's it's got a bunch that it's also not uh teaching you and so um once you get through this tutorial which at the time when i initially talked about the game i said that uh the tutorial or the the prologue let's say ends with a pretty massive narrative beat that i was very impressed by Uh, i maintain that i'm still impressed by that thing this game definitely goes some places with its story that i'm still not going to talk about you just experience it for yourself um but you effectively get a a kin seed from an entity which allows you to move your soul between your generations of kids that you'll be having and so you accrue wealth and knowledge and you pass it down from person to person uh, and you can use all of that knowledge and or wealth to um, run the town uh, effectively, sort of however you wish. Um, you can own businesses if you'd like to do that. You can just focus purely on your farming and your your um, your produce making, as farming is sometimes called, I've, I've heard. Um, there are combat gauntlets in uh, very, like, grim, dark fantasy-themed forests. Uh, Kinseed has a simple to uh, sort of grasp but hard-to-master combat system. It's like a three lanes. You've got top, bottom, and middle. Move between them with the face buttons and lob uh, projectile and melee-based attacks at enemies in the corresponding lanes. 
Um, very basic and very hard to master though. Like it, it's like the perfect balance to sink some time into. Um, you can romance NPCs. There is about a dozen mini games in this thing from potion making to cooking to um, another like bobbing for apples, fishing, like anything you could think about doing in this like really dense fantasy world. Um, effectively, it's, it's a lot. I open my review by saying conceit is a lot. I compare it to an onion because like every time I thought I'd found the the core, there was just another layer to peel back. Um, I think this so simultaneously works in the game's favor because there's a lot here. It's a relatively affordable little adventure to jump into. You're going to have hours and hours of content. I think the devs are saying this thing's about 80 plus hours to see all of it. Um, on the flip side of that, it's overwhelming. There's a reason it took me this long to sort of like put my thoughts into any sort of cohesive manner for a review. Um, and it's because this game throws a lot at you, doesn't do the best job of onboarding you either. Um, but I, I kind of wouldn't have it on any on your way. I think this is a very unique, very dense, very overwhelming, but beautifully crafted uh, farming sim. And it's all wrapped up in like a pixel art that I can't do justice to by just saying, oh, it's really detailed. It's like, you have to see it. It is so precise and so textured in, in what it's able to do with weather effects and animations. Main character looks a bit silly, um, but outside of that, everything else looks really beautiful. It's, it's a fantastic game. Go and check it out. I gave it an 8.5. Mm. Tasty, tasty. Uh, any questions from the floor? Nah, not really. I mean, it sounds exactly like my cup of tea. I'd love to have mm. a... Uh, uh, how does one find... How's an adult find time for a game like this? You know, it's, it's bad enough, Stardew Valley. So, you know, should, mm -hmm. should I ever get sick for a couple of weeks? Uh, this, this is definitely well, on my it. radar. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you're down and you're out, this is the perfect game to dive into. But, um, so, yeah. Apologies if you did mention it um, and I just didn't hear it, but no, how no. long how long is this game? Because I know you say it's real dense and massive, but you say it's huge. Yeah, so devs have put it at about 80 plus hours to see everything Fuck. and do everything. Um, you could probably mainline the main story, I think, in about 25, 20 or so. Um, but the nature of the game and the way it sort of sprawls out in front of you is that finding, like there's a pretty decent navigation system. Like at a certain point you can like hold down a button and it gives you a little like trail of sparkles to follow to get to the next task that you've got allocated as your primary thing. Mm. Um, but e even with that, there's just so many things that distract you and lead you off in different directions. And like the, to me, the joy of Concede is feeling as if you lose yourself in that world a little bit. And so mainlining the story isn't what I would recommend. I think you just, you play until you're done, basically. Um, like I didn't see credits on this thing uh, because I didn't feel like I needed to, to sort of like understand what it's going for. Like the heart of it and the joy of it is in just enjoying it. Um, it, it's not really about an end goal. It's just about moving through the world, engaging with its system, seeing your generations sort of flourish uh, one after the other. And yeah. Cool. Cool little fun fact on this one quickly. The developers said on Steam three years ago, they would like to bring this to Switch. Mm, and it would be a fantastic Switch title. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll hang out for. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. You've also been playing another game uh very different style uh very, <laughs> very different, different themes as well but uh you've been playing the dead space remake for review i have yes dead space remake now at the time of recording this i haven't finished it i, I haven't even written my review yet because we are a few days out from embargo as of now um so you know thoughts of they can change uh, i can see things later in the game we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of that but like i guess like the top tier of this is that this thing is like stunning. 
Like I am, I'm so absolutely blown away by the work that they've done here. It is, it's in, in a weird way, it's reminded me of like the joy of playing just like a really straightforward video game. Um, like I think that the sequels obviously go off in their own directions and they get bigger and bigger and the way that we approach sci-fi horror um, and action RPGs and, and whatever else is going on in our sort of AAA development scene now is that like bigger is better and you've got to have multiple systems and overarching plots and a bunch of different characters Open and world. Dead Space obviously being a remake of, of a 360 era title it doesn't have any of that but it looks and plays like a brand new game and so you kind of get the best of both worlds here and that like it's a very straightforward down the barrel but perfectly executed so far at least um version of a 360 era game and it, it's such a joy to go back to one of those um i guess the the biggest change i've seen so far is that uh, isaac is now voiced um they've given him a, a quote-unquote character this time um as opposed to in the first game when he was a silent protagonist i'm not sold on it uh i, I think it's probably the only choice they've made so far that i'm a bit like okay sure it, th this exists i understand why it's there because it gives a bit more you know human context to the events of the the ishimura and you know, he's going there to find his, his partner and everything. So there, there's there's some stuff in there that I think in the long run will probably work out. Uh, but in the opening hours of the game, and so as I'm getting towards the middle now as well, um, he's he's just there. He, he, he effectively could be silent for me. He's not adding much as a voiced character. Um, but... Again, and this is, the review guide has noted that a lot of the changes that we'll be seeing from the original are going to uh, sort of crop up later in the game. And so I haven't seen those yet. So it's really difficult to talk about sort of exactly where this deviates from the original outside of just having um, Isaac voiced and a bit more of that open map design they've gone with. Um, but that's the only change so far that I've been a bit iffy on. Everything else is like shockingly well realized. Nice. How, so how much of this is a one for one recreation and like have they, have they tweaked much or... Um, it, it seems it's okay. It's a strange one. So I haven't played the original dead space since it first came out. So we're talking about some really faded memories on this one here, but it has that effect that a good remake should where you're going through it and you're like, this is the game I remember. Then you go back and look at the original. You're like, Oh no, okay. It's, it's not. Um, but there are a lot of moments that do feel like I'm like, I remember what is around this corner. I remember where to go on the map for this thing. Um, and that in and of itself is quite a trip to sort of see those things realized in like a 4k environment the way they've done here. Um, so so I think that if you're a fan, like a really diehard fan of the original, you're going to have a great time with this because it just is a loving homage to, to what they've done here. Like it's not revolutionary. I don't think it needs to be because Dead Space isn't of itself quite a perfect little horror encapsulation. I think it's interesting. This is releasing around the same time as the Resident Evil 4 remake because those games are sort of, I think very much sort of of a piece with each other. Um, I always prefer the original Resident Evil 4, but Dead Space as, as it exists now, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this thing. Like, it is giving me a proper, like, fuck yeah, video games feeling every time I sit down to play it. So you've said Have that, you... like, long-term... Sorry, Zach. That, like, no, you go, people you go. coming back to it will be keen to jump in and they'll have a good time with it. Me being mm. someone who criminally hasn't played the original, will oh, yeah. I likely have as good a time with it? Yeah, I, I'd absolutely say so. Because, like, it is just the beats of the original game retold in a modern setting. Um, and, like, I think that holds up relatively well because, like I was saying before, it doesn't... It's not overwhelming you with systems. Like, yes, there's an upgrade tree for, like, the couple of guns that you can get and for your, your suit and everything. There's a yeah. store you can buy some ammo at. But it's not... It's not like a massive skill tree. You know, you're not looking at like yeah. uh, actual RPG elements in a shooter here. You are just, you've got a workbench, you've got a glowing item, you pick it up, you slap it into your gun, your gun shoots better. Like it's very 
raw capital V, capital G video game upgrade system. Um, and getting back to that sim simplicity, is, it feels quietly revolutionary in today's market, right? And so I feel like you coming into it, not having a point of reference for the original, but having a point of reference for the kind of like feature creep and bloat that we've got in current action shooters. Yeah. Um, I think you'll really appreciate it's sort of stripped back design here because it is by nature just from a different era. So I got two questions. First one, did you, or are, sorry, are you playing with headphones? Yes, absolutely. So I've got the uh, Astro A50 wireless uh, headset. How's the, because I remember like, like those, those games always had very, very good sound design. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's exceptional. Like it, it's like every attention to detail here, I think is sort of what keeps making me so excited to keep playing it is because like there is obviously a loving craft gone into a lot of it. Mm. Um, sound design is immaculate. Um, you still get those little spooky alien whispers coming through the corridors, uh, the grinding of machinery and the squelch, like the squelching of bodies feels so 360 era. And it's such a welcome thing to have back in my ears. Um, I will say the score so far is fantastic. I've got no idea if this is just the original score sort of re reorchestrated or whatever. I'm going to try to figure that out. Um, but the music is, is phenomenal. It, yeah, great sounding experience. The other question is I want to, you brought up Resident Evil. So I don't want to say that, that Capcom are the kings of, of remakes, but they, but they do mm. a remake pretty well. How does this rank how does this compare to like a an re remake um i guess the closest point of comparison i have at the moment is re2 uh remake um just for the like i remember with re2 remake i think the reason that thing impressed so much was obviously the jump from like the you know, uh, fixed camera angle and the older graphics to the newer graphics was a massive leap. Whereas Dead Space is very much still of the now in a lot of ways. And so mm -hmm. like that leap isn't going to be as, you know, it's not going to blow you away as much. Right. Um, but I do think that the, again, that attention to detail, the craft here, the, the sort of level of um, just high fidelity that, that sort of has gone into all of this, the smoothness of the controls, like the translation of a lot of these elements into a newer shooter feel um, feels very good. Uh, I, I do. I, I just, yeah, I'm reminded of the RE2 and 3 remakes um, quite a bit because it's like, oh, I know this world, but I'm getting to see it again with fresh eyes, basically. So the other side to that question is, um, and I would, I would assume that you would agree, is though the RE2 remake breathed new life into the RE franchise. I mean that and, mm -hmm. and RE7 because, you know, 5 and 6 kind of, yeah. Didn't do as well. Did, did, they did what they did. Yeah. Could or can you see this remake giving Dead Space a new, uh, new lease on life? Like, can Thanks, you see I was ask that. Yeah. EA going back to the table being like, all right, so people love the remake. Let's make a new Dead Space. Or remake two, even perhaps? Or remake two. Yeah. I would definitely see them remaking two based on this. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about that as I was playing it. I was like, fuck, I can't wait to see Dead Space 2 yeah, this man. way. Um, because I, I do. The, to me, there's no reason why Dead Space shouldn't connect with audiences now. Um, I think it's been long enough since its initial inception point that there's something uh, very charming about a return to like a very Event Horizon kind of version of horror, like Hell in Space basically is such a, a cheesy and yet relatively untapped market, I would say. You know, I think that um, Callisto Protocol launching as recently as it did has only done this game a world of favor uh, because I, like, I found Callisto Protocol quite dreary um and you know it, it's not as if like dead space is like particularly revolutionary with its art direction or anything it's you know uh, rusted metal ships and holographic signs that say like 
drink up capitalism. Like it's, you know, you've seen all of it before, right? But the way that it's done and the fact that it plays as well as it does, uh, I, I see no reason at all why this shouldn't re-spark a bit of interest in this franchise. Um, and if they can right the quote unquote wrongs of Dead Space 3, especially, I think that, you know, you do like the, the Final Fantasy VII remake thing, right? You can faithfully remake two and then from three onwards, you start turning the chip, ship, you know, mm. um, sort of see what they can do with that. I think it'd be cool. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. It is. I want to, I, like, not having my review in front of me means that I'm I'm going to forget to mention a bunch of cool things that I wanted to talk about. But, like, very specifically, uh, the first time that you enter Zero Gravity in this game was, like, the kicking in of the music, the way the lighting engine works, the, the feel of Zero G in this game is so smooth um like i had a real like stand up let's fucking go boys uh playing that moment um and to have like that bigger burst of like fuck yeah video games again um from a triple a game no less for for me um was very very exciting i i think this thing is fantastic so i want to quickly ask uh because you're playing on ps5 how's the dual yep. sense feel while playing uh negligible yeah, like right, okay. I, I think there's a, a little bit of it with um maybe the triggers, but it, it's I don't know I, I don't particularly notice it all that much. Um, I'm a little annoyed that you can't like the the trackpad itself, right? So um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends is a game I've been playing a lot of lately, and that game uses the trackpad really well. Uh, and it's a shame to not see it used a bit more easily here, because like if I could just get my map out by swiping up super quickly, that would be lovely. Um, so you know I, I don't think the controller is particularly well utilized by most things though, so I wouldn't lay that at, at this game's feet. Um, and I guess while we're talking about triggers and shooting, I think that the enemies are a little bullet spongy, if I'm being honest. I don't think there's as much of an oomph when you chop off a limb as there was in the first game. Okay. But that said, I think once you upgrade your plasma cutter, you can you can mostly circumvent that issue. So, But again, these are minor gripes. Cool. Nice. Well, we look forward to the full review. Don't we all? Which right. will be out by the time this podcast is out, mind you. It's just because I haven't written it, it's hard for me to um, speak to it yet. But... Yeah, Feel, feeling high on this one. Nice. It's a, a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, um, Nathan, you've been playing One Piece Odyssey. Thank you, Zach. Yes. So, uh, You're welcome. Let, <laughs> let me set the stage for this one because uh, this, is, this is a bit of an odd game, actually. What, why this has come around and who this is for is uh, going to make up a big part of where this review lands for which readers. But basically, this game is an original story with supervision from the series' original uh, author, Oda. It's effectively set maybe 800-plus episodes into the series, at least. Uh, it's at least 800 that I can count for from my own experience. So this is already cutting off a fair few people that might come to this game because this is going to have a fair bit of plot baggage, even though it is an original story. Uh, but effectively, the uh, Straw Hat Pirate crew, main character Luffy and his gang, uh, are out at sea, as they all often do between their big story arcs. They're just prowling the sea, going to the next island. They come across this island that seems to be ravaged by this storm, and they effectively get shipwrecked on this island. Uh, there's two people on the island. There's a mysterious blue-haired stranger called Ido, uh, who just seems to be uh, something of an explorer, but yet relegated to this island with no clear way to get off of it. And a young girl called Lim, who uh, carries around these cubes. 
And upon Luffy and crew landing on this island, uh, they these two strangers, they're quite defensive. Apparently other pirates have been marooned here before, so they're worried for their safety. Uh, she's got some special power with her cube that allows her to effectively drain the powers from these intruders, which obviously sets up an interesting conceit for the game because initially you start playing the game, you have your first few combat encounters with some wildlife on the island, And you've got these characters that are powered up from 800 episodes of, you know, doing what anime does, powering them up. Uh, Upon encountering Lim, they've got their powers taken from them. So it does that classic PS2 era thing of letting you have a taste of what the game's going to offer you and then stripping it away from you. I was a little bit sour on it at first, but I can happily say that by about halfway through the game, you've already achieved and gotten those powers back and the game still has a lot more to offer you. Uh, so, yeah, what happens here is that then sets up this story of both... Or there's this two-part story. There's one, finding out the mystery of the island, why this island has these storms and strange monoliths and why these people are, are stranded here. And then there's this other part of the story where in order to regain their powers... Again, this is a little bit hokey on the nose. Um, Lim's power, or, or rather the fact that she has drained their powers in order to get them back, they need to go into this state called memoria, which is effectively a memory state where they get to relive big sections of the series and achieve milestones that they faced or big enemies that they defeated in the series and regain those powers. And that therefore gives the player a bit of sense of progression. So uh, just right off the bat, this is a very gorgeous game. Like this is well and truly above the standard that we're used to with anime video game adaptations. This is up there with, I'd say this is the best looking JRPG of an anime adaptation. And I think the only other game that I would say comes close to this is probably Dragon Ball Fighters, which again is an immaculate, very um, impressive looking game, despite the fact that the anime is quite old. One Piece is a currently airing anime, and yet this game looks by and large heaps better than what they're currently airing. Uh, There's a lot of texturing to this and it's very stylized. So both sand and grass has this kind of nice brush stroke texture that I think they were almost trying to go for in uh, Babylon's Fall but failed so horribly because that game looked like someone had spilled oil all over it. And uh, this game has such loving outlines and detail drawn to each of the characters. Beautiful draw distances. It runs phenomenally well. I was playing in performance mode, so it was a steady 60 frames throughout. It never dropped, uh, never stuttered. There is a quality mode at 30 frames, which I didn't notice any improvement to the graphics. I was quite happy to stay on that 60 frames and have a tremendous time with with the presentation. And it sounds fantastic as well. A lot of original scores. I was a little bit uh, perhaps let down that there's no scores from the series making a reappearance, but the original scores they've employed are all quite grand. And just overall, the presentation for this game is terrific, right from its menus being very easy to navigate, the UI being very clean and simple. The battle menu initially looks a little bit off-putting, but then uh, after the game very very much eases you into its combat, and then all of a sudden it does start to flow, and and you realise that the the UI elements do uh, benefit the game by and large. So all in all, it, it presents really, really well, and that was... My, made my first impression of the game tremendous. 
Uh, just the last positive I'll mention, because I do need to mention some pretty big caveats to this, unfortunately, is the characters and the writing. So not only do they have all the voice actors from the anime, and not just the core cast, but a recurring cast from right across that 800 episodes um, appears here with their original voice actors, and they all sound fantastic. They're exactly what you expect. They have all the same characteristics. The writing's also really very much on point, uh, specifically to the characters. So they've all got their idiosyncrasies. Very much of them, are, a lot of them are subtle and only hinted at in the series, but they're very much drawn to because you're spending over 40 hours with these characters in the game. So you want to, you're expecting these characters to behave with the mannerisms that you've grown used to over you know, dozens, if not hundreds of hours in the series, and it's all condensed there in 40 hours. So for One Piece fans, this is already sounding really positive. Uh, there's obviously the issue for people that aren't familiar with One Piece. How are you going to come to grips with this if you've not spent that much time with the series? Well, it's going to be very difficult. The game, although you are reliving chronologically some of the biggest moments of the series through these memories, which take up the majority of the game, there is a big issue with the fact that the game kind of glosses over these stories. It tries to condense, you know, a 150 episode arc into five to eight hours uh, with very little story. Surprisingly, you might get a kind of still frame cutscene with the narrator just mentioning some of the big plot points before moving on. Uh, I say some of the big plot points, there's other big plot points that will be left aside, like in the first big arc, which is set in uh, during this civil war in, the, in this desert island, which is quite a significant uh, part of the series early on. There's a lot of character conflict, uh, particularly in the crew, that's just not represented. And a lot of big, significant battles are just omitted entirely. And uh, so what they really, all they do is just play this kind of presentation or rotating carousel of the big villain for each of these arcs. You'll fight the this this big boss from an arc maybe like three times in a row until you're, you're well and truly bored of it. And then they go, okay, we're finished with that. And then at the end of the chapter, to bookend this um, big arc that you've played through, of course, you get some powers back, which is a big issue I have with this game. This game's progression is 100% on rails. You're only given up. You're only given new abilities when the game decides to close off a chapter. So you will spend a lot of time grinding through turn-based battles that, although they're quite short, um, and they rely on a rock-paper-scissors system, which is really neat. So you know uh, this means that there's very little time spent in battles grinding through them. But rather, if you've got the rock that beats. The uh, scissors, the the battle's over in a matter of seconds, potentially, and there's a lot of abilities represented from the series, which look fantastic, but they are slightly lengthy animations, and you will see them hundreds of times over the 40 hours of this game. Um, so just, just quickly there, as I mentioned with the on-rails progression, this is very much a game that's going to hold your hand from start to finish. Uh, when you get those upgrades at the end of each chapter, there's not really much in the way of leveling them up. The game pretends that there's a leveling up system. Uh, for the first half of the game, it'll give you these skill points that you find in the world. But putting these skill points into an ability, you can only level up your abilities one time. Leveling them up only adds a minor amount of damage, which doesn't actually make the ability any better than the other abilities in your retinue. So it's basically going through the motions of what a modern JRPG would be. And therefore, I would say this is a game that you would give to someone that hasn't played JRPGs and is interested in the series. It does everything a JRPG does. It does um, very fast-paced turn-based battles without random encounters. 
They look good. They've got a very stable, very um, solid and elegant system running behind it, but it's too refined because you don't get to make any decisions. You don't get to build your characters. The game effectively builds it for you by doling out your abilities at very specific junctions that just aren't frequent enough. Although you can level up, stats don't really mean anything because the game is just too generous with giving you health upgrades during battle or um, restoring your like ability points that you used to spend on abilities. If you attack, do a normal attack on an enemy, that restores more ability points than if you were to use an ability point potion. So the game's got this weird inversion of difficulty where it just becomes far too easy for anyone that's spent any time with this genre. Uh, so all in all, uh, there's also a boring gear system whacked on top that's just, again, it's just numbers, but this is a game where numbers don't matter because it's just too easy it's a rock paper rock beats rock paper scissors type of game numbers are just there to make you feel like you're going through the motions of a jrpg and then i think my my final sin here other than the fact that the game doesn't really do these arcs justice by only glossing over the story very very briefly and not giving newcomers a chance to know what's going on and leaving out too many details to refresh fans uh the final act of the game is super drawn out uh, and effectively makes you go through all of the game's main dungeons again before you can fight the last boss battle and you're effectively going to be fighting all the bosses in, in this game like at least half a dozen times if not more so the game sort of runs out of steam towards the end and just ends up recycling you through basically the game all over again before you can finish it which is a bit of a shame but all in all final thoughts this is the developer that did the uh this is Ilku Company. These guys did the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl remake. So this is their first big game. They've normally been a support team. Um, they've only ever done uh, that Pokemon remake. So this is their first big original game. Uh, this is a fantastic outing. As I said, this looks way better than a, 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 like a first game from a dev. Like This looks tremendous. It plays like it should, but there's just, it's it's too refined. It doesn't give players a chance to grow and feel their way out with the systems and, and feel rewarded for their time. So that's a bit of a shame. So I'd recommend this if you're a One Piece fan and haven't played many JRPGs but would like to. So I was saying to the boys before the podcast, this is the perfect kind of game I would recommend to my mother. She hasn't played JRPGs. She really isn't a gamer. But she loves One Piece. So this would be a fantastic way to both get her into video games and get her into the genre. Um, but for anyone else, there's just not enough meat on these bones to have a challenge to make it feel like your time's satisfying. So all in all, I give this game a very solid, very hearty 7 out of 10. I've got a really pressing question, Nathan. Yeah, man. How many darts did Sanji go through in your playthrough? Darts? Yeah. How many spikes? Uh, Oh shit, man! Uh, <laughs> was he punching through him, or was he doing? He, the he wasn't actually. Punch? Now that you mention it, I don't ever think I saw him punch a single dart, which is strange Ooh. because the character Smoker, who's just like always chomping down two cigars at a time, was smoking away. But um, just just amusingly on that fact, now so many of the game's best ideas are in the last act of the game, in the final few hours, and one of them is you you fight female enemies for the first time, women enemies. Sanji won't attack them. <laughs> so I found that out by accident because he's a womanizer, right? 
So I've gone to attack an enemy and the game just pops up this sign saying, Sanji will not attack women. I just laughed to myself. Uh, and, and another thing that made me giggle is, uh, and just so many like little fan service things here. Uh, one of the characters that's introduced about 150 episodes in is this character called uh, Robin, who effectively she's able to like extend her arms through objects. Um, but one of the abilities that she uses later in the series is she she has this attack called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but she effectively grabs the ghoulies of any male identifying character, like any, any character that has gonads. So funnily enough, any character in the game that conceivably has testicles, they will be weak to this ability. But if you try this attack on anyone that's either like um, androgynous or, or female, the, the attack effectively won't work. So there's some lovely little, uh, like I, I don't know if you'd call it Easter eggs, but little nods like that, little details like that, that definitely make this quite amusing. It's going to be fantastic for those uh, those new to, to this kind of game, as I said. Cool. A lot of humor in there, a lot of charm. So let's just say hypothetically, mm. you don't like, no, sorry, you, you, or you've never seen One Piece, mm-hmm. but you like you kind of like these games. Would you recommend yep. it? Okay. No, hell no. I'd say cast a wide, wide berth on this. You are uh, you will have a good time in the first few hours because this game makes a tremendous impression, particularly on its presentations front. But the fact that there's nothing for you to sink your teeth into because the game's so restrictive in terms of where you can explore and how you can build your characters, I can't see you coming back to this game with enthusiasm after the first half dozen hours or so. Cool. Very nice. Well, yeah, the review will be up on the website uh, now if you're listening. So go check it out if you're keen to read more on Nathan's thoughts on One Piece Odyssey there. All right, let's... um. I think that's pretty much it. I don't think, don't think we have any shout-outs this week because we've got no other reviews have gone up. Uh, might as well jump straight into the news, I guess. Um, there's not a lot to, to talk about, just a little bit. A um, couple of any headlines that we can sort of just quickly reel off. Okay, so Trek to Yomi, Yomi mm-hmm. uh, is launching on the Nintendo Switch on January 30. So uh, I think Nathan, you, uh, sorry, Adam, you gave that game a seven. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was all right. Um, it's it's a, it's a very cool cinematic. Uh, yeah, is it a side scroll? Is it side scrolling from memory, or does yeah. it? Or does it yeah, no, side scroller like yeah. action puzzle game. Yeah. It's really it's, yeah, very striking style, just kind of wonky combat. But it it yeah, it'd fit well on the the Switch, I'd imagine. That combat was so wonky, man. Trying to yeah. perform parries in that, I never figured that out. Bit rough. Uh, the Dark Pictures Switchback, which is a PSVR two game, and I think coming to other VR platforms. No, I'm sure might, on that. I think it's just, maybe just yeah. VR VR two. Uh, that has been hit with a delay. It'll be coming on March 16 instead of February 20 something or other. 22nd. 22nd. Um, Midnight Suns is getting some Deadpool DLC coming January 26. Uh, so that'll be be out by the time this PC, this PC, this podcast comes out. Um, Nathan will be playing PCs, it. PC short oh podcast. Oh, God, so. I so will not. I'm so sorry to the people that will and enjoy it. Uh, Returnal is going to hit the PC on February 15. Anyone going to jump in on the PC version? Yeah. I, my, I don't think my computer like can ha- handle it, man. Yeah. 
like that's what that was my concern. I got a good computer, but this thing is like busting. Like you need like a goddamn two point five k plus PC. Yeah, right. Unlucky. So, <laughs> um. Uh, sorry, I was I was reading something on now uh, that was sent through in the chat. Um, if you enjoyed that ten seconds of silence, everybody, <laughs> please. Uh, all right, so let's go through the actual news. I guess something to talk about. So, Marvel's oh, sorry, Crystal Dynamic has announced that Marvel's Avengers, the support for that game, is ending on March thirty when update I think uh, update something rather comes out. Uh, not really surprised. Not really surprised. Adam, are you gonna are you gonna get back around that and, and send it off, or are you well and truly done with that? No, I went back when they introduced Black Panther, so it like it's yeah. been again. That was like the minute. last big content drop, pretty much. Yeah, because then they they released what they've done Spider Man. They've also done Winter Soldier, and I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but the the rest of them were kind of inconsequential. Uh, Even those past, were inconsequential. They weren't accompanied yeah. by any story. They're just... Okay. Yeah, past past Black Panther, it all kind of went a bit off the... Ra- well, more off the rails than it already was. Um, so I feel like I've already had my time with it kind of saying goodbye, but all the content's going to still be technically playable past March 30, um, but they just won't be updating or showing any love or care to it anymore. Um, so I just want to j- jump in and just quickly clarify something. It's actually September 30 is when the support finishes for this game, but there's no new content. No new content game past after March, March 30. 30. Correct. And yeah, correct. after March 30, um, everything in the game will be free. Yeah. So like all the marketplace items, all the skins and whatnot, they're all going free. So you can go pick them up uh, and all in-game credits will be turned into resources that you can use to buff up your hero yeah. and whatnot. Um, okay. That game is too But yeah, the single player and multiplayer aspect of the game will still run, uh, but you won't be able to buy the game after September 30. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. you can still it's buy a shame, it up but until... Yeah. Not, not unexpected, like you were saying, Zach. I think it, it was trending in that direction for a really long time. So The surprising thing is, man, is this game is, what, not even two and a half years old. Came out in 2020 as well. Yeah, sub- September yeah. 4, 2020. Like, that's for a live service game with Marvels in the title. That is a very, very short life. It also it what had do you mean, the bro? Square Enix love short lifespans on their they live do, service though. games. They do well, love it. Here's the thing. So the Square Enix thing is what sort of piqued my interest. And I started reading about this as we're talking. But, like, uh, is this an Embracer Group decision now? Because Crystal Dynamics is currently owned by CDE Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Embracer Group. Um, so it's out from under Square Enix at this point. And I'm just wondering, if you is purchase a studio like Crystal Dynamics and you look at their history, I would personally be like, why are you wasting your time on this? Like, let's get you back on what you're good at. Um if I had that studio under my belt, right? Like I would get them to make another like Tomb well, Raider or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but yeah. They're working on Perfect Dark, which is apparently... Is oh, is that what they're doing? Yeah, well, yeah, correct. Which I thought is a that disaster was a, as well. Microsoft. Yeah, no, well, they're a support team like, on it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And, how, um, do you, how do you read all this? It's like, it's wild that their massive quadruple A studio can't even handle a fucking reboot by themselves. God damn. Yeah. That's a shame. And, and, I don't know. I, I really liked their, uh, well, I say their earlier works. It's just what I know of them, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's always, always a shame to see somebody go down this route. Hmm. 
Well, I wonder if it's also, uh, I was reading some comments. I have no idea where I was reading them, but um, it could be like a licensing thing. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Um, so James was right. Uh, Square Enix did get rid of all their stuff that was tied to licensing to Embracer. So Embracer's yeah. got the, the, but technically the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff as well. Yeah, right. For, for okay. whatever that gets them for however long. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody's really surprised. Adam Yushi scored a 7.5, which is higher than what I thought. Yeah, um, retrospectively, not, probably. It, I, not by much. It's it's not an Outriders. No, no, it's far from an Outriders. The like the the narrative they told I thought was worth playing through. I actually really liked Kamala Khan's like her her story arc in the game. Um and it did have like little brief glimpses of where the game could be great. And I was it hoping did. that with um, future content, it, it might get there. Um, but it, it quickly fell into, you know, they released the game and they had all these roadmaps and people were like, oh, awesome, it's going to be supported. But then when they missed the first hurdle, like to, to release more content and then everything kept getting pushed back. Um, yeah, I think people are just, they've, they've seen that before and kind of know where that leads. And yeah, they just never really caught up to where their roadmap needed to be to keep people playing i think yeah i'd imagine they they would have had an issue with retention because keeping people interested just would have been really hard with the the model that they had but yeah it is it is a bit sad at the end of the day because i did like it for what it was yeah it does better than gotham knights it does make you wonder why publishers persist with live service games a little bit wow it does yeah like babylon's that was live service yeah 100 percent yeah, then you got Anthem, then you got this. Just yep. unless you have an idea that's going to take off, why? Like, like, wouldn't surely people would have frothed a single player Marvel's game of sorts, or even like a multiplayer game or something? Yeah. That's not sorry. That's not like a live service one, like a one and done kind of thing. Because yeah. I think that, what you mm. what you said hit the nail on the head. Of if it does take off, it's a huge money making. Like it's a, a revenue gold mine, but it's just getting it to take off and finding the balance of nickel and diming people and actually Mm. providing content that's worthwhile. And it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a balance that is very, very tricky. And I think Square probably thought they were onto a winner because it's just this massive IP and they're going to nickel and dime people, but it just didn't work out because the game wasn't, it just didn't have the legs to to support it. But they've learned because now it's NFTs, baby. Yeah, exactly. They've moved <laughs> on to bigger and better things. Mate, it's a, they, they that, did this, then they did uh, Babylon's Fall, and then they did NFT, so it's fine. That's up and up for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Ubisoft, there was a report earlier this week that um, at some point, uh, semi-recently, Ubisoft had about a dozen Battle Royale games in development, um, quietly churning in the background. Um, and it's just like, like you said, like the, the pursuit of this particular type of game. And I think Adam nailed it when he says like, you know, they just need one of them to hit. Um, it's never going to be Fortnite, but if it can just be something, um, then it kind of justifies, I guess this, like, uh, just the, the amount of resources and people power that's going into this. Right. Um, as a, as a little like micro industry, it, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Well, I got the division heartland. I don't know if that's battle Royale though. Is it, is it? Do we even know. really know what that is? Uh, then you had the Ghost Recon one, which was cancelled, I'm pretty sure. 
Division Heartland, it wasn't Battle Royal, but it was live service. It was multiplayer live service. It just wasn't yeah. Battle Royal, I'm pretty sure. Because it was free to play. Wait, are they really the calling it Heartland? Yeah. Correct. Ooh. Um, Interesting. Mr. Mr. Not Political Video Games, The Division <laughs> Heartland. Okay. I love um, that. that. Uh, what's the what's the other one? They got the rollerblading one. I don't know if that's that's not really battle royal, but oh, poor roller champions. That game has oh, that's, that's right. that game has potential, but God, it's dead in the water. No, it that matter. game, yeah, that game was birthed in a death rattle. Yeah, Riders Republic. Again, not like live service. Uh, was that live oh, I forgot about Riders Republic. Exactly, yeah. and me it, and Adam stand by that. It's exactly the oh, same. I had thing a good time with it. Oh, yeah. Riders Republic's yeah. fucking yeah. awesome, weeks. but it just you, you like when I was. Yeah, well, I was playing it for review and I was like, this game is great for the month that they're going to support it for. And then it's just going to mm-hmm. fucking disappear like all of their other ventures. And they needed exactly to do like happened. the crew and give it like a couple of major expansion drops or See, something. And I would have kept coming back. How Ubisoft is so bad with it's still the, there's heaps of people playing the crew. Crew 2 yeah, is like. But like, why don't they put that effort into. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, I hear you, man. Yeah, yeah. Gee, I wonder. Or why. Even just Riders um, Republic. Yeah, you could have such a good thing, but yeah. Nah, I, I rate it. Um, and then there's Hyperscape, and what's the other one that, that they did? The other shooter. Did they do two shooters? They did Hyperscape and blah blah blah. Another shooter. They still churn out track manias every now and again as well. Track for the sixteen people cool. still playing those. No <laughs> offense. Track Mania Turbo was tits. Oh, it's a good a good series, but niche. It's the same fucking game every time. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> uh, tune in for the Trackmania Battle Royale. I need to know what that other game is. Someone needs to, to look at, find out what the other... The is. NFT one? The nah, the Ubisoft... Project Q or whatever it was? It might have been was it before Hyperscape or, or after Hyperscape. Anyway, uh, let's move on from, from this. Oh, uh, so I know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, sorry, I, I can't remember what it was. I know what you're talking about. Valo? No, it wasn't Valorant. Um... <laughs> Name anyway, uh, so big. Three four three are rumored. Oh, sorry, they were they were rumored to be taken off uh, Halo development. Uh, they came out and made a statement. So they being three four three Industries came out and made a statement, basically saying, "Well, there was a really funny tweet that I saw. Actually, did anyone just off just to pivot very quickly because this tweet came from this person? But did anyone read the tweet by Tom Henderson?" Maybe. No, I didn't see him. Well, maybe. You know who Tom Henderson is? Yeah. James, you know who, you know who Tom? No. Is oh, is this, is this the dude that was bragging about the Leaking em- embargoes? Yeah yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is James's mate. Because uh, he, <laughs> he replied to a tweet. So, But um, yeah, he was like no, a journalist for, uh, I can't remember where he was actually from. Before Insider Gaming? Well, that's who he is now, but I can't remember. I oh. feel like he was from someone before. He must have been. Because I've never heard of Inside Gamer until literally I saw this this tweet thing. Anyway, um, he basically tweeted that unless he gets some sort of exclusivity, he doesn't do uh, NDAs. So he yeah, NDAs are for chumps, effectively. So basically, if it's something that everyone's going to be writing about, he he's better off just leaking it. Anyway, but he um, tweeted about this statement. He's like, oh, even their statements are unfinished or something like that. It was just... <laughs> uh, Sorry. Or, or, yeah. Um, but so yeah, Halo, that. Halo tweeted out being like, uh, "Halo, fuck, that's really small." Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. It's loading, so I'm just guessing what it says. I was right. Cool. Uh, well, uh, uh, three four three Industries will continue to develop Halo games. 
now and in the future, including epic stories, woo, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. Pierre hints. Studio but this, this doesn't mean that they still can't be relegated to a support team. I was going to say, mm. this is, it, it means nothing. Yeah. Um, yep. But, I mean... Look, that is that is. I mean, how many workers did they let go of, uh, or how did how many did Microsoft let go? Apparently, of it was like it was, was ten thousand like Microsoft. I've no idea how much yeah. how many were gaming related though. Th- right? Yeah, I think we're still. I think that as far as the report from old mate that would like where all this leaked from, it was something mm-hmm. to the could be up to almost two thirds of three four threes working staff, which is fucking wild and they were already yes. mostly contractors yeah that's crazy mm. just make them bode games. well <laughs> uh, funny, my funny. understanding um is that there is some pretty interesting uh, senior leadership happening at microsoft at the moment or at xbox at the moment um and so a lot of that seems to be trickling down to these studios um but Again, very un- unfounded stuff. All this is like backroom whispers and and whatnot. Like I, I can't wait for an actual report delving into all of this. Um, but as far as a statement goes, just to say, oh yeah, Halo's here to stay. It's like, yeah, man. Like that that wasn't really the question. That's a given. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I, I would rather if they said nothing. I, I don't know. It's mm. weird. Um, just to just to kind of go back to what you said, James. I know this is not. <laughs> this is not Phil's fault. Like, I mean, he's probably had, well, I guess he would have some sort of input in, into who maybe or what people got laid off where. Or, I don't know. Um, maybe, um, maybe I'm being mean mm-hmm. to feel, but um, it just. Oh, no. It's just How like. Phil survive? Good guy feel, you know, like it's always good guy feel, isn't he? Such a good bloke. Winning all these awards for being a good bloke and then Microsoft go off and lay 10,000 people, you know. Yeah, in the same breath that they're pursuing um, the Activision deal for sixty nine billion dollars or whatever it is, like, and and yes, like those those don't come from the same financial streams. Like, I understand that it's an oversimplification of of how money of this like scale works, right? I know that, but it is a shocking bit of um, just corporate uh, image to yep. to be yes. doing this, to be laying off that many people while pursuing such an aggressive deal. Um, like with my predictions, I, I said that I think at some point this year Microsoft's going to do something to kind of wear off the sheen of where your best friends because it's like they're not it's it's a massive corporation doing massive corporation things and i think any time that that mask slips a little bit is a good thing because i think it gives gamers quote unquote a healthier perspective on i think the people that they are assuming are their friends Mm. Sucks for the workers, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, especially because, you know, if it's true that, like, a lot of this is, like, trickle-down problems, um, you know, you've got a lot of people who are probably working really hard to try to adhere to a vision of a game and then to just be like, oh, well, you're the problem now. Get out. I Heartbreaking. Um, that, be, that just reminds me of two things. But, like, I, I, I get no doubt that Phil's probably a nice guy. Probably means well, wants the best, but he's still, like, he's, what, some big dude in a, in a in a big business, you know what I mean? Like he's still business first, you know, yes. best mates second. So yes, um, but yeah, that reminds me so. of the Ubisoft meeting. Um, we're kind of deviating a bit, a bit here, but you know that one that they had the other week and Big Eves was like, the ball's in your park to go and make great games or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. the times are tough. Um, so this is your problem now. Um, this is your fault that we're in this position. It's now your it's now your responsibility to get us out of it. 
Um, I don't know if you guys have been on the receiving end of someone in the corporate hierarchy, like an executive putting that bullshit down onto the coalface, but I have, and I seethed mm, when I read yeah. that because it's like I have been that person that's been told that from someone that gets paid three plus times my salary. Mm. Fuck you. I think I think then they in they had that um, Ubi's Q and A like the team Q and A or whatever it was, and a lot of people were pissed off, and he was kind of like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Well, they um, threatened to strike. Yeah, um, mm. you know, it was yeah. more like you know, let's make great things together kind of thing. Yeah, it was like <laughs> sharp peeps. But then the second thing, um, forgot what that was. So let's move on. But um, what we're while we're just shitting on some CEOs here, just <laughs> I, I can't help but bring this up. Favorite pastime um, of oh, mine. Oh, Phil, <laughs> Philly, Philly S. Uh, he did a he received an award at uh, New York Game Awards. That's it. Um, and he did a speech. And during his acceptance speech, he said that it was really brave that teams are putting out their games, particularly in the current culture of criticism and cancellation. I find that. A very strange dog whistle um, and a very strange choice of words for, for that man to be putting out into the world. Um, just, mate. Well, <laughs> who knows what he's referring to? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I just find all of this very, very interesting. I think Xbox is a, is a fascinating case study in um, uh, corporate imagery. Correct. Um, the other uh, thing, sorry, Xbox was, Game Pass is good value, mate. Get off it. That's it, mate. That's <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. Especially when they subsidize that value with worker layoffs. For 15 yeah, but it's good for the mate, consumer. Come games. on, James. Yeah. Um, no, the other, the other thing is I saw on Twitter either today or yesterday, uh, I could get this wrong, so, but Blizzard have a thing where you have to, the managers, like one of the big guys from Blizzard. Oh, right? stock rankings. Yes, because and I can't remember the exact specifics but basically they had, to give rankings, a, rather. they had to give a certain number of employees a developing rating in their performance reviews i think that's pretty much what it was and those performance even if they don't didn't deserve it, they had to give i think it might have been like five percent i think is a, a number i saw but don't hold me to that but yeah and then that performance ranking impacted yeah things like uh, profit shares stock stuff uh promotions so one of the big dudes from i think it's blizzard i hope it was blizzard um, yeah, he he quit because he's like, fuck that shit. Like, it um, was the uh, WoW Classic lead developer. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So a big wig for that team, which will which will be filled. How fucking shit is that? You Correct. have to give a certain amount of people a bad, well, not a, a lower review. Late stage capitalism. Yep. Maybe I also have to do reviews on well played, like for for the team. <laughs> Adam, you are developing. Don't you Good. already? Better luck next year, man. Looking forward to my seven. <laughs> uh, remember this high on life review, James? You got us some really bad feedback, <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> to, to, look, okay, not not to tangent here, but to to watch an entire industry bend over itself to talk about how bad for spoken's dialogue is while praising high on life is fucking wild to me. And I just, uh, you said it, it reminded me of it. I had to get my take out. <laughs> uh, we have fucking gone off track here. All right, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's good. It's a good, good little topic. Uh, wrestling, I don't think anybody cares about that, do they? Wait. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so WWE 2K23 has been announced coming March 17. That's real quick. I feel like that's. Yep. Yeah, Around the corner. Like, 
they always do this. It's in time for right. WrestleMania. They always give a, a short lead and the, time. And the big scene machine, he's going to be on the on the front, big old John Cena. Um, he can chug a fucking mean beer with his butthole in blockers, if you've ever seen that. Isn't um, that a good feel? Isn't he great in that? <laughs> he's amazing. And that scene is fucking hilarious. I love the one um, when he walks in on those kids having a seance. He's like... <laughs> Play, play sport. Yeah. <laughs> and the belt and the, like the bum. Is, did, he has the, that's the one where he's got. He's the got bum the bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got the, the fanny pack. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, that's an underrated comedy. He's a great comedic actor. I think he's. He's, he's, he's got great man. comedic timing. Yep. Well, yeah. Wrestling games coming out. Um, Adam, if you could only play one wrestling game this year, would you play AEW? Whatever that's called. Live long live <laughs> um, and WWE 2K23. That's a fight forever. That's a tough one. 2K23. Forever, it's yeah. hard because I really enjoyed 2K22 because um, they they kind of did a back to basics rework of everything because the the series was in the shitter. But I'm more of a fan of like the arcade style wrestling. That's me. Yeah, because that's yeah. kind of what wrestling kind of lends itself towards. It's a bit fucking stupid, so you want to be able to do stupid things. So I think fight forever, and I'll always just want to to go with the newer thing rather than the, you know, fiftieth game in the series. So let's go fight forever, and that's like the I reckon I watch, so. old school Uke stuff was brilliant. Yeah, and it's they're like leaning towards like WWF No Mercy. So <sighs> I yeah. want it so bad, man. Hook it into As my someone veins. Someone who has played that. Uh, the AEW game, even very, very briefly, I think you'll, I think you'll, you're great at it, won't you? You'll have it. That was terrible. William <laughs> Regal fucking kicked my ass, mate. No, he was the oh. commentator. No, I got my ass Yeah, Willie Regal would have been on commentary. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I got owned by the computer. Love it. Rip. Um, near Automata? Automata? Fuck, I never, it's, it's all, yeah, it's you had it. isn't it? I did. Yeah. Um, the anime has been delayed. Are we sad? Well, this one's interesting because it's been delayed After mid two episodes. Yeah, like oh, three right. episodes so, so in, and they've said, "Yeah," you know, and they've they've said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna put a hold on this." Um, really unfortunate. Okay, let me. I'll read you the statement because this is the first time I've actually seen this statement. So it quickly says, "Thank you for your continued support of the new Automata, blah 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 TV anime due to the impact of COVID nineteen on production." What a dumb name! Why has that got to be in the name anyway? Um, Due to the impact of COVID-19 on production, we have decided to postpone the broadcast and distribution of episode four and all subsequent episodes. Information regarding the broadcast and distribution schedule for episode four and beyond will be announced on the official anime website and official Twitter soon. (sighs) We apologize for any inconvenience and concern this may cause. Our fans who have been looking forward to our work due to these unforeseen circumstances. Cheers. Yeah, that's that's an odd one. But I don't yeah. understand how the anime industry works in terms of like how they make and release their content on what schedule. So, hmm. Well, uh, moving on. So the other news that I uh, I was just so this is the rabbit hole, and it could be nothing. Could be could be something. Could be, could be nothing. Uh, I was fucking around. Uh, I think I was writing the desk. Well, I, I was trying to write the desk review, but it was late. And I was bumming around on YouTube and I looked over. I was like, well, what's been going on in my subbed channels? Saw that Revolution Software had an unwatched video. I was like, hmm, okay, don't mind if I do. It was from, it was from four weeks ago, right? It was, it was their annual Christmas video. It goes for like a minute and a half. And I was like, ah, fine, if I have to. So I watched it 
and they're uh, talking like, oh, you know, his old mates aren't in his shirt and he's like, can't wait to go and talk with the team about Beyond a Steel Sky and Return to Monkey Island and then he goes and our own projects, projects, multiple, plural, are going well, can't wait to share uh, more information on them, again, plural, in 2023. Uh, I'm sure that people will be really excited when we do and I was like... Mm. NFT and blockchain projects. <laughs> Interesting. And then in one of the comments, like there's there's a few comments, but one of them's like uh, I I can't remember the exact comment, but it's like I hope it's Broken Sword Six or something like that. And they replied, um, uh, "Merry Christmas and what whatever the next year brings." One thing we know is that it's worth being excited about. <sighs> I reckon it's Broken Sword Six, man. It's going to have to be. It's been ten years since Broken Sword Five. Yeah, I reckon it's a, a rejigged, up-res, re-beautified remake of the first game. Doesn't need it, man. That game. That's does what we said about it. the Last of Us. You want to you want to dredge that one up again? <laughs> that is a different, <laughs> different, different. Oh style of game. boy! Different style of game, though. Oh, so styles where we draw the line now. There's a lot of lines being drawn. <sighs> I'm taking the piss. I'm taking the piss. Don't get too heated now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm teasing you. I know, but it, um, mate, that remaster or the director's cut, people don't like that at all. And I definitely What's, much prefer Do you prefer know why? Yeah, because they changed, you know, they added like bits of, they added some new bits of Nico in it. They they took out the I didn't iconic, know that. they took out the opening man, Paris and the Fall. Oh shit, really? They got rid of it. Oh wow, um, no, that is iconic. Uh, and I love that it. opening. Well, yeah, well, it's... With the clown? Mm. The balloons. Um, is the goat still in it? Am I even talking goat, about the right game? Goat's in it, but he is easier to beat. Well, they are easy to beat. I don't know if it's... What I can't. Um, anyway, so I'm hoping that one of the games is Broken Sword 6, but uh, they say multiple. I have read, just from my rabbit holing, uh, that it could be VR. Interesting. Uh, just, no, nah, absolutely not. That would, that would Even still, that would not make me... Buy VR two, PS VR two, or Quest or whatever the fuck it is, anything. But but I can see why that could be rumored. Yeah. But do you want that though? Do, I mean, I'm talking if it's only VR like exclusive. I mean, if game. if you've got the tech and you like the IP, you're probably gonna buy it. But do you think that that would limit the appeal? Depends how many, how much resources they got to put into it. Because a lot, of, like I know, a lot of devs have made their little Oculus or rather VR spin-off things with minor resources, and you know this they'll charge so like thirty a, bucks for it. This is a spin-off. Though. I'm, I'm talking about Broken Sword Six, like the next mainline entry. Oh no, hell no, 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 no. Yeah, I couldn't see that being a VR title. Mm. Yes, and the, the other thing is, I booked. Um, I booked. Sorry, I backed one of the. I don't know if he's a founder or not. I can't remember uh, of Revolution. I think he's a founder. Uh, he's written a book about the studio. And in the comments, there's Ralph Saxon who plays, actually voices George. And he's like, can't wait to see it in person. I'll be seeing you soon. It's like, mm. he's and he's American. So it's like, why is he going? No, is he German? I think he's German but lives in America. Sorry. Anyway, it's like, why is he going to England for? Definitely the cuisine. My little whiskers. So much to consider. My little whiskers. uh, And then it's like 12.30 at night. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? (laughs) I zoned back in just for the, uh, what's he going to England for? And I was like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've never played a broken sword game, so I have absolutely no point of reference for any of this. Did someone boot James out of the chat, please? Nah, too late, mate. Fair. Part of the furniture now. That's it, mate. You should play. We should play together. Should we? Is that nah. a game you play together? Nah. I just want to beat no. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watching. All right. Uh, let's, I think that's all for the, that's all the news there is, I think. Uh, yeah, we won't do that one. Um, nobody, no free plugs in our podcast, mate. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go off topics. Um, should we start with 90s film of the week? James, you know the drill, baby. Uh, Jordan can cue me up. My throat needs a rest. Jordan, insert jingle. Listeners confused as to why. Yep. Jingle. (laughs) Jingle. Um, Now, I don't know if I've done this one before. I hope I haven't, but I'm really like, I know Buddy's very big on me watching these films and I really want to watch this film soon. So I really hope I haven't said it before on 90s film of the week. I feel like I wouldn't have because it's a bit too obvious, but maybe I did because it was a safe option in the early days of the uh, segment. Buddy will call me out, I'm sure, but face off. Yeah, boy. Face off with big old Cage and Travolta. Getting get his bum chin out, um, <laughs> getting his face cut off. You know what it's like. Um, <laughs> just And Cage is just amazing in, in that film. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. is um, the other guy. There's a guy in there that's in that film. I'm looking at the uh, looking at the cast now. No, I'm not. I'd say it's the only good Western John Woo film because fuck Mission Impossible 2 stinks. Mm. Didn't care for that either. Yeah. I no, rewatched sorry. it a couple of years back. It's it's just gotten worse. No, I'm thinking of a different film. I was, I was thinking of Conair uh, for this mm. other other actor. But uh, yeah. Conair is still a good time. Is is a good time. Um, but this is a good film. Surely we've all seen it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's due a rewatch. I haven't seen it in I, over 15 years. <laughs> oh, no, James. I would contest that it's a good film. It's very entertaining. Yeah, I, I agree with James. Well, yeah. Yeah. To me, like that's it's, still it's good. It's cheesy as fuck. Well, yeah. I used to have really fond memories of it. I recently rewatched it. When I say recently, like a couple of years back. And I, I was like, okay, I see why I enjoy this. I don't know if I enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, the, the individual components, it's, it's a ridiculous ride. Just the whole premise is just yeah. Premise amazing. alone amazing. is worth watching for once. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's the, one of my favorite John Travolta performances as well. Um, yeah, he's good. That too. dude is Nicholas Cage dude, is having a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. Um, Joan Allen, I think she's really good in it. Like, um, I think that the two women leads. Uh, who's the other one? I forget her name. Uh, Gina Gina Gershon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I really like the kind of uh, camp that she brings to her performances, and she's perfectly suited for this film. Mm. Good. Well, film. he takes his face off, man. I know. Right? <laughs> it's uh, how does he do it? How does do do? I want to take his face off. Oh. He like pulls it back from yeah. his face. There's a whole hand gesture as well. Sorry to the listeners who can't uh, hear this. Amazing. See, this is why we need a TikTok. James can just do movie impressions. Hey, oh, look, I've been wanting to talk to you about that. Let's do it. All right. Um, anyone watch anything this week that we can talk about for 90s? I mean, for yeah, off topics. Not watch, but I've been, been reading, been back in the books, my man. Uh, 
been going through the the Witcher series again. Well, I say again. I only ever read, I only ever really remember reading the first two books, like those short story compilations. Uh, so that's been my bedtime material, and I forgot just how well, particularly the Last Wish has aged. So I chose to read that one first this time. I read Sword of Destiny first last time. I prefer the Last Wish. I managed to smash through that in about a week, so it was a very tidy little read. And I picked up a couple of things. Like, it was one of those books that I found I enjoyed more on the reread. And I was saying to April the other night that one thing that quite struck me is this is a, a title that's come out only a couple of years after Poland has seceded from the Soviet Union. So their list of material to draw from in terms of crafting a fantasy world is quite, well, reasonably slim, it's fair to say. Um, but one thing that I really nicely picked up on is in the second last story of... There's a story that just reoccurs and is interspersed throughout that book called The Voice of Reason. In the second last chapter of that short story, um, the short story I, I won't necessarily go into, um, but there's just a, a moment that caught me where uh, Geralt's recovering from an injury and he's in a he's in a cave with a, a like a cultist and they're like mates and he's looking up and the, the ceiling of the cave's covered in diamonds and he's, as he's looking about the cave he notices all these jars filled with plants and flora he doesn't recognize any of them which is unusual for him because he's you know he's like a master herbalist he can recognize you know anything out in the wild all kinds of uh, flora but he, and he, he remarks to the cultist like you know what 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 are these i've never seen them before and she says well the sun has gotten brighter and hotter that none of these can thrive anymore so I can only grow them in here. And the, I, it struck me that the cave with the diamond ceiling is a greenhouse and they've actually been this, discussing the nature of like climate change and how that affects uh, the environment and how people have had to create these isolated environments to keep preserving what has now been extinct uh, flora. And there's a lot of um, environmentalism that actually is quite, you know, like is an undercurrent of that, you know, the uh, extinction of ma like mass extinction of species and stuff like that. So... I don't know, but from a cultural perspective, I found that really interesting considering this is from the early 90s. This is a writer that hasn't been able to engage with a lot of these ideas and then is doing so in this form, in this format. And I only really appreciated it now, but there you go. There's, there's my little segue that the, the uh, listeners probably dozed off to, but I think I still think it's a remarkable book. I don't like Sword of Destiny as much, but I still think it's fantastic. It's just a personal preference, but I would very eagerly recommend them to anyone that likes the series particularly the show i don't like the show but i love the books the audience may have fallen asleep i've never felt more alive Woohoo! Um, <laughs> thank you for for bringing that up oh, it's I, just I been a like delight the, it's it they're great books i i specifically do like the read that the witcher does have him some overarching themes about climate change and about um sort of the state of the world and the way that we're leaving it uh, i think that really comes to a head in the the last book um, it's good good shit oh i'm looking forward to it Nice. Anybody else got anything? No. Nah. I really don't think so. No. Uh, Just been one of them weeks. Uh, I did oh, watch yeah. a couple more episodes of Hunters. Did I talk about that last week? No, you didn't. So, That's a weird show. Yeah. So Hunters is back. It's uh, three years since the first episode. I think Sorry, so, um, yeah. I thought season. it was cancelled because it's been so long. Yeah. So this is the Nazi Hunter one on Prime. It's like set in the seventies, late 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 seventies, I think. I think so. Um, it's got Al Pacino. I think it's Al Pacino. Yeah, he it's, looks, it's he, his only television role. Yeah, he, he looks very old. Um, well, he is. 
He is very old, yeah, true. But um, yeah, so it's set in the late seventies, and you, it's a group of Nazi hunters uh, going around. They've got a, uh, they've, yeah, they go and hunt uh, Nazis that have taken their place back in society across the world. And yeah, it's it's fine. It kind of, I don't talk about because it it's, it'll be spoilers, but it's just kind of, it's done a thing which I come kind of like, eh. like you could see it coming. From the start of the episode, yeah. Not I suspect I saw an image on Twitter. I suspect I know what it is, mm. um, but it's it's about a particular character. Uh, Maybe there might be character that you're thinking of, but yeah, like I was just like, this is where it's kind of going. Like, eh, anyway. Uh, second thing I, I, I watched is no, yeah, go go, please, please. I was go. just gonna say I quite like the first season occasionally. Like I was mixed on because the tone, the tone of it goes all over the shop. But when it was leaning into like really cheesy grindhouse, yeah. it was a lot of fun. But uh, other yeah, like than that, I don't know. It's it's fine. Like that, yeah. Like that's probably the best way to. It's I'll watch it. It's only eight episodes, uh, and this is it. This is like a finale. So. Um, cool. And I watched uh, Gangs of London. I've been watching more of that. So I'm up to episode f- five, I think, for season two. That is mm, a mm. brutal and violent show and I love it. As it should be, yeah. It's very I good. haven't seen season two yet. Yeah, it's very good, very good. Well, that's it from me. Um, that's it from us. All right, let's, let's uh, wrap it up. Uh, if you want to talk, listen, if you want to listen, to us uh, talk about The Last of Us, you can check out the well-played VHS discussion podcast. Uh, we do weekly recaps. We're about to go do one now for episode two. Very exciting. Uh, I know Adam's very keen to listen to that uh, when that drops. Um, yeah, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well-Played DLC podcast. You can check out the content on www.well-played.com.au. Hope you have an amazing week. An amazing week. And, you are uh, the greatest. We will see you next week. Woo! See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.